Hello, everybody, and welcome to the KitCast. Yes, this is your KitCast, and I'm your host, Austin Swanson. And if you're wondering, the Kit and Cast... Still, I fucked up. The Kit and Cast? What was that? What's that bullshit? What the... What's that that bullshit about? You know what? We're going to leave it in, folks. Can that be our logo? We're leaving that one in, folks. We are the Keep In Touch podcast. We're three turds who all live in different cities and states been best friends for a hot minute just trying to keep in touch stay close stay friends and just be pals but also argue a little bit so as i said today i'm your host austin swanson i'm a 6'2 stud of a beauty and over here we got david shannon also a 6'2 beauty with that crimson hair say hello to the folks dave what's up everybody how we doing today uh you know again just like swanny said glad to be a part of this um Myself, Austin, and Dan have been friends for for a hot minute. Then we, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, just doing what we can to, especially during a you know a lockdown, quarantine, pandemic type of situation. Just making sure that we stay close to each other. And um, excited to to debate, you know, to debate with uh, Dan and Austin. He's excited to debate, folks. That's right. And to the other whoa, side, whoa, we got whoa. Dan McMurray, <laughs> the body, the stud, the man. The myth, the legend, Mac Daddy. Say hello to the folks, Mac Daddy. Hello, folks. I'm uh, I'm really excited. Can't wait to kind of have a nice soft reboot of something that me and Dave and Swanee tried to do in the past. Um, and like Dave said, during the lockdown, this is the perfect time to reconnect with friends and to chat about goings on in the world. So. Yeah, we're all really excited for this. As Dan said, we're kind of rebooting something we've tried before, and we'll get into that later. Um, to kind of start out, I kind of want to preface how this podcast was born. Um, recently, uh, we've, you know, growing up sucks. So it's kind of put us all in different cities, states, job titles, etc. And being as close as we are, we wanted to keep it that way. So we wanted to form something that where we could still express ourselves to each other and kind of share with you guys and be a little interactive with it too. So um, to start, we're all from a small town in Illinois. We went to high school together and Dan, when's the first time we met? And I think when we both got injured sophomore year in football, is that right? Yeah. Uh, when we were both working the sidelines for football practice was kind of when we became friends. Sitting up in that box and working the scoreboard and me tossing that football on my hurt shoulder, you know, it was, it was a good idea, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Walters wasn't pissed or anything. <laughs> and Dave, we became friends, what, seventh grade at our grade school when you transferred? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't, Again, we, uh, you know, we had friends of friends since we were kids, right? Like, I mean, you and Jake were friends. Myself and uh, my cousin Andy were friends and Jake and Andy and you guys were friends. So, like I, I was around for a while, um, but then officially, yeah, moved to a different school with you guys at seventh grade um and kind of took it from there and then won the state championship <clears throat> won, uh, seventh, seventh grade state champs of basketball no big deal uh dan dan went to a, we're a rival this. we're not doing this dan, on the podcast well, we gotta we gotta throw it in. we have we to do this dan. dan it's the history dan, right, to a rival. Six, sixth grade diocesan champ what means more to you you know whatever last diocesan champ <laughs> dan dan went to a rival catholic school in the town uh our school was definitely better at basketball um That's and you know that's rivalry is a kind of division one basketball player, so <laughs> I 
we had two D one baseball players. So I mean, two two D ones yeah, to one D one. Great baseball school, you know. Great baseball. <laughs> we didn't even have baseball at the school, did we? Nope. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, we again, we've been we've been friends for a minute. Um, but me and Swanee for sure picked it up in high school. Uh, and then myself and Dan met in high school as well. I think through through football and then through a couple of, again, just friends of friends that all kind of intermingled. And then we kind of developed like a little bit of a, a, a core squad. I think say. we really took yeah. off when freshman year, me and Dave went to the same college and actually got to room together. Correct. Yeah. I, and was, then, uh, I was a late comer in college in, in terms of. Oh, you know, you're a late comer all the time. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. We'll go with that. Um, yeah. So again, me, I, I, I signed to a, to a school late, um, in the same town that we went to high school and Swanee needed a roommate and I needed a roommate and it just, uh, just kind of happened. It was nice. Pieces really, yeah. Fell into place. What, what, what was that the room did. number? 1109? Is that it? Um, 10, 10, 10, oh, no. Oh God. We're horrible. 10, 10 something. 10, no, I don't remember what it was. Either way, it was a hell of a room. 1019. 1019. That's what it was. We were oh. in floor, yeah, 1019. That man, there's a lot of memories in that room. Dude, but that yeah. room, that room's seen some stuff. We then we started inviting the goober over there to some of our parties, and that's I think when we really took off as a squad. Yeah, you know, I uh, I came down from Bloomington and came home, and you guys were always doing some fun stuff, and I like doing fun stuff. So. <laughs> it's kind of a perfect mix. It's definitely a treat when we're all together and had a match made in heaven for sure. Had had a few drinks. So yeah, ever since then we've just kind of bonded. I mean, we've we've essentially our group is now sustained through our gaming, which you know is tough, but it's also I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's also exhilarating and fun when we game together because all of our personalities come out, all of our skills come out. All of the all of the shit talking comes out, and I think that's <laughs> what the core of this group is: is keeping each other honest. And oh, for sure, humble, yeah. humbling, humbling <laughs> people down as much as we can at all costs. <laughs> Don't want to get too cocky. I mean, we've seen what we happens when Dan gets too cocky. Oh man, yeah, fellas, it's in here. You know, whoever is listening, just know Dan McMurray when he's got his confidence boosting, he's uh, he's a tough cookie to crack. He uh, he can take on the whole world by himself. Yes, he can. As cookie to crack, if you mean basically Aaron Rodgers, you know, <laughs> a deep hail Mary pass. <laughs> That's basically what I'm like with a little bit of confidence. As he calls himself in Rocket League, he is ISO Joe when he's got the cockiness ISO going. Joe. Can't be stopped. I mean, he can, but you know that's 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 for another episode, it has I guess. Been quite often. But, you know. <laughs> hey, ISO Joe's rolling right now pretty well. Oh yeah. I don't know. What are you up to right now, ISO Joe? Why don't you Why don't you tell the squad? We'll each go around and tell what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um. So right now, I just graduated uh, from Illinois State University last December. Um. So I'll be starting currently year, living I'll at home with my parents and back in Peoria. Woo woo woo. Um. We all like money. Just playing a lot of video games, watching movies. Um, and I basically what I do. Doing the Lord's work. Just giving out insurance. (laughs) Doing the Lord's work. (laughs) That's a way of putting it. Speaking of Lord's work, what are you up to out there in Cali, Dave? 
Oh, man. So I am a uh, operations manager slash kind of internal like junior producer type of guy at a production company here in Los Angeles. So we, you know, we shoot live action commercials as well as do animation design post-production work, um, you know, in the advertising industry. Um, pretty great stuff. Went to school for it. Uh, have been out here. Oh boy, been out here since May of 19. So it's about been that year, long. A year and a half now, or June of 19. So, uh, yeah, like a year and a half now almost. It does not uh, feel that long since you've moved. It does not. No, it's it. The, but it also does for sure. Has felt super fast. Like I, it's been what nine or ten months now of quarantine or like lockdown here in Los yeah. Angeles, but that it's flown by I, I cannot i cannot believe that i've been out here for almost two years now at this point that's that is wild to me yeah it's pretty nutty it's gnarly bro yeah i guess but yeah what about what about yourself swanee uh give us your little rundown here yeah i guess we'll segue into me uh as we said before i did start out at bradley uh rooming with dave and i was studying accounting and after a few years i kind of realized that route is not for me so I took some time, went to community college, you know, was living my best life at home with the parents and eventually got a call from my cousin um, who works up in Chicago at NBC Sports and kind of gave me the rundown of what working in the TV industry is going to be like. And it got me really intrigued. And then even thinking about maybe working in TVs and movies, um, a whole bunch of different routes that I could go. And so I made the move up to Columbia in Chicago. I am have one semester left before I graduate, thank God. And then I have full plans to move out to L.I. with Mr. Shadid over there. Or Shadid yeah. now, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, it is interesting right now going to school during this quarantine thing, especially art school and production school. Like, I... You know, you'd imagine being on set, getting used to the equipment, the cameras, editing, working in teams, the whole nine yards. But with this quarantine, it's just been a solo project the whole way, which is kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. I'm learning things that I already knew how to do. And I don't know. I was expecting more about, I know, well, so what can Columbia do right now? Because they can't put us in classrooms together, especially in Chicago, which is a hotbed right. for COVID. So... I'm just ready to get school over with and move out there to Cali with Dave and start working and making some money again. That's kind of where I am. And yeah, the whole the whole going to school thing right now sounds crazy. It's, like it's the worst. I can't imagine. Yeah, I think I got out at the right time. Well, I For think sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm... you both are working over Zoom, and I think you both can relate how kind of awful that is. Yeah, it's, I, I, you know, again, I've been doing it for, you know, since March. I mean, we, our office shut down like the, the week before the official, like, you know, the, the official government of Los Angeles and California shut down the state. So we've been doing like, re, you know, remote work for, for a while now. Um, I personally like working from home. Um, I think it's kind of a, it gives you the freedom to kind of do a little bit more, like kind of keep your personal stuff in check in terms of, you know, you don't have to get up as early. You don't have to commute to work. You don't have to stay at the office late. You can kind of, you know what I mean? You can gauge emails and kind of, you know, keep communications like in a, you know, in a respectable manner at home and you can do it totally fine. So in terms of, of a production standpoint, like a business standpoint, it kind of makes sense. Um, I do miss the, the personal kind of yeah. you know, interaction though. That that's for one thing is like, 
you know, you're just at home all day alone, kind of like with your thoughts. And if you don't have any like physical, like interaction with other employees and like that gets a little crappy. Um, but we're even some of the, you know, some of the, the talks that I've heard is that we might even after the kind of the pandemic is almost over doing like work from home days. And then like two, three, two or three days out of the week, everyone goes to the office. I definitely so we're, think we're trying to find that balance too. I think this has definitely started a new trend for companies that we're going to find more and more are just going to keep at home workers because it saves so much money. Well, yeah, I mean, if you if you look up like commercial rental prices, like for building leases and stuff like that, I mean, the the com- these companies like spend so much money per year on just rent of a building. And if you can move, you know, 50% of your workforce just at home, that's 50% less, you know, office space that you have to provide. Yeah, my brother's an accountant and he's saying, uh, like, I don't think we're going back to the office ever. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it, it, for sure, like in terms of a business standpoint, like just managing, like managing numbers and managing like the flow of a business, like you almost kind of don't need a, an office because everything's digital. You know what I mean? Like what, what does the office provide that my, that my desk in my room doesn't provide? You know what I mean? Has your new job said anything about working from home, Dan? Uh, I am in the office for my job, but I know a lot of the higher up people in my department are working from home. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just a case by case thing. I think everyone was working from home for the first couple of months of quarantine. Um, And my my previous job, they sent everybody home and nobody was in the office. Uh, So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a transition transition and all companies are handling it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I see the benefits of both sides. When you're in the office, you're usually hooked up to, faster internet you're around other people that you're working with so you can kind of bounce ideas off each other for sure solve problems together but when you're at home you know there's less risk of exposure and less risk of of contaminating an area if somebody's yeah. sick and they don't know it so i get both sides and i'll experience the other side You guys there? Yeah, we had a little cut out there. Yeah, we cut out there for a second. One of the problems of remote work. Remote, remote podcasting. <laughs> in point, was it just right Dan here. that cut out, or is it all of us? I think it was just Dan. I didn't say anything. I was just listening, and he cut away. I don't know if he's still there. I don't know. Well, while Daniel's he's figuring on? that out. Um, I was just going to make the point of I want to work on set and production and I have been a part of a remote shoot and have been doing them and they are just not great. Yeah, it, it's really tough. I mean, again, we we have cut back on our like set production as much as we can, especially right now. Like a lot of our a lot of our shoots have been pushed into like the new year. I think everybody's after, as you know, almost can, for sure. But there's again, there's a lot of production still going on in the city of Los Angeles that I know about. Like, again, a lot of people are still shooting. So. um there's still things like obviously they're taking a lot more protocols and like uh, precautions and putting people in, you know, certain groups that like can can only work with those amount of people. You have to get COVID tested twice, three times a week. Oh. Like the amount of money that productions are spending on COVID tests is like just insane. Um, and, you know, once the vaccine kind of hits, I think that'll that'll kind of go down a little bit. But I, I do think that the 
safety precautions that we're taking into place now are going to be here for a while. I do too. Uh, I don't. I don't think masks are going. Masks are going anywhere. I think they're going to be around for a year or two. Yeah, honestly. I think it is until like ninety percent of the population or whatever gets vaccinated or you know whatever number it is that they know or that they're you know trying to reach. Like masks will not go away. Yeah. Um, which is a bummer, but also like, you know, other cultures and other regions of the world do this all the time. And like, I, I personally have not like had any issues with wearing a mask. I, I don't know. There, there's yeah, obviously that's... the people of the in this country that don't like it and are very like, very, uh, uh, outspoken vocal about, about, oh, hey, yeah, very vocal about not liking that. Yeah, sorry. But, Cut out and for I, a small price to pay, I think for, yeah. for staying. Home. I don't want to get political, but it is, yeah, it's not hard to wear a mask. It's yeah. We're just going to have to live with it. But just, yeah. In terms of a set standpoint, I, I do think that they're staying for, well, did you, here. have you guys seen the Tom Cruise blow up on set? I did. What do you I think of that? What's your opinion? I, on that? Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. Um, and I personally think that he was correct in that in that way. And again, we I come from a sports background, so I I am much more uh, kind of like engrossed in the like the leader or the coach being a little bit more angry when he gets you know when he when something bad happens. I think a lot of the outcry was just how Tom Cruise like handled the situation and was like cursing and yelling at people. Yeah. Um. I I think his messaging was correct. I, I think that I agree. You know, if you're if you're you know again, he's the EP of this, right? Like he is the guy that everyone goes to for answers, and like it's his responsibility to keep everyone safe. And if people aren't following the protocols that they have set out, then that's you know that's grounds to get mad and to potentially lose your job. Um, but maybe he could have handled it in a little bit more of a delicate manner instead of just like screaming at people for 15 minutes and like repeating the same stuff over and over. But I definitely think, I definitely think that his intentions were correct. And, you know, again, he may have, might've just been able to handle that a little bit better. He was very much like a football coach in that regard right there. And like that kind of attitude and like leadership style is kind of going away a lot of places. Yeah, um, no, I, nowadays, I, I think I think his I think his uh, you know his 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 I I don't even know how to say it. like his intentions were right is what I'm trying to say. No, I completely agree. I think the the yelling and the cursing and the screaming might have been a little much. <laughs> it was a little it was a little much. He he kind of had a broken record. But I definitely think chew them out if they're walking around set with their masks off and you know risking shutting down a whole production that costs millions of dollars. They deserve to be chewed out just for not putting right, a cloth no, yeah, over I, your face. For sure. I, I don't even think it was them not wearing masks. I think it was um, the the thing that triggered it was people hanging around a, like a source monitor um, too close to each other. Uh, and they weren't maintaining distance from each other. And so he, again, flipped out on them for, for not abiding by the six foot protocol rule. I can also, with that example, I can also sympathize with the people who were too close. Because, oh, you know, sure. on a shoot... You've got a lot going on and you're all just you just kind of forget when you're looking at those it's, clips. That, yeah, definitely. That you're and so like, close I'm together. sure it happens all the time. You know what I mean? I'm sure that stuff happens and like it's hard to avoid, especially again, like people are trying to collaborate together on a set and it, it's hard to maintain a distance. Um, but again, these are these are special circumstances and like that's just the price that we have to pay. And like you have to just be really, really adamant about staying, you know, distant. And, and if that's the rule of the set, then you got to follow it. And like you know, 
just try to adjust. Like I'm, I'm sure if they needed more monitors, production would have provided more monitors. You know what I mean? Like we all need to see what's being shot, but like we can't obviously crowd around one monitor. So like right. we need more. And like that's something that you adjust to. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was it was kind of an interesting audio recording. I'm sure he was mad that it actually got put out there. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, again, I don't I who knows, maybe they didn't make that mistake again and maybe it worked out for the best. Yeah. Who knows? What we're seeing a lot more of now is like I don't even know how to describe the position of this job, like a COVID moderator on set. They yeah, those are things. They they're called COVID COVID compliance officers. COVID CEOs. compliance officers. Didn't know how they, to name. They, Yep, they, you know, again, you can get certified for it. It's an extra job now. A lot of, like, you know, PAs and a lot of, um, like, associate producers and stuff are all kind of, like, getting COVID certified. So they can, again, it's just an extra job now on the crew list. So it's, you know, it's providing a little bit more employment, but it's also allowing people to monitor the set and make sure that it stays safe. Yeah. Well, I do want to kind of transition here because I know you, everybody here has heard enough about COVID this year. Yeah, Rona has sure. been everywhere and we constantly hear it. So I guess I kind of want to talk to the people about what we're going to be doing in this podcast, what we're going to be talking about, um, what they can kind of expect in the future. Um, so I'm, I'll start off and say what we do want to discuss in these podcasts is we're all avid gamers. We're all avid movie and TV watchers. Um, so we kind of want to have a time to come here and talk to each other about those games, movies, TV shows, etc. Even maybe books, if I would actually sit down and read for once. Um, and to kind of chat to each other about it, and to you guys. Like we said, the point of this podcast is for me, David, and Dan to have time just to come together and just talk. We want to be able to still relate to each other, still talk about our interests, and keep building this relationship that we have founded over many years. Um, so is there any other things you guys want to talk about in this podcast? I mean, in the overarching podcast, I mean, not just this, this specific one. Yeah. I mean, what we, we want to try out some different things, um, along with movies and TVs and video games. We all three are avid sports watchers. Um, and we have a multitude of other interests outside of just what we've said we're going to talk about. So, I mean, if some things mix in, some things mix out, you know, we have a lot of different segments that we want to try out. One of them drink of the week because we're all avid drinkers as well. Mm-hmm. I think COVID's um, making a drinker out of all alcohol, of us. Alcohol, but, but <laughs> we, other things we enjoy, too. we enjoy the, the art of liquor. That's let's say it's like that. <laughs> a little bit of lick of the devil. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Not in substance, but in quality. <laughs> quality. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have a lot of different things that we want to try out and talk about. And I mean, just use this hour, hour and a half, however long that we do these podcasts for, um, to just kind of catch up, keep in touch, talk about new things that we've discovered, talk about old things we've had arguments about that maybe our minds have changed on. <coughs> Prequels. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and and we just have a lot of things that we love talking about. Um, and to be able to do this on a on a, a a stage such as a podcast where we can just kind of sit down and have a conversation, like we'd all just be hanging out at somebody's house, like we used to do. Um, it just presents a really good opportunity for us to do that. So we're very excited to do it. 
Yes. Anything to add there? Yeah, Dave? for sure. I, I I think I agree with uh with whatever you guys just said. Um, or with all that you just said. Um, I would say that again, we want to hear from you guys too. Whoever's listening. Um, again, we appreciate you listening, and I think it's you know it, it, we want to form like a community around this around this podcast around the content. So. If there's anything that, again, as this kind of develops and takes shape, um, if there's anything that people want to, you know, throw into the mix of potential topics, potential things to discuss, um, that would be lovely. Again, making sure that interaction is there with you guys would be amazing. Because, again, I don't I think we can all I think us all three are in agreement that we don't want this to just be us just like spouting stuff at you. We want like the the kind of input output from you guys as well and kind of create like a little bit of a, like a conversation around the community too would be great. Yeah. We're going to have a dialogue in this podcast and we want to have a dialogue with our listeners and viewers as well, because what I have noticed on various platforms is when there is a community engagement, that channel, that podcast, that whatever it may be increases at an exponential rate because people feel like they have somewhere to go to like a group of friends. And that's, you know, we're a group of friends and I think branching out and meeting other people is of the utmost importance right now. And that's what we want to do with this podcast. Yeah. And building off of that, I mean, we want to, we, by the time this podcast gets released or very soon after we want to build, you know, social media platforms, we'll have a working email address, um, just any way that we can find to get a community and to get an engaged community. And that that's our goal at the end of the day, not just keeping in touch with each other, but, you know, being able to engage with other people, whether we know them previously or whether they listen to the podcast and enjoy what we talk about. I mean, that's kind of our goal. So we will have ways for, for people to get involved, no doubt. Um, so we hope you guys like what we're putting out. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're a group of guys who loves to, to shoot the, the S H I T even though I've already cursed, but oh, well, um, and we want to do that with you guys too. And I think that's why this is going to become so much fun. One of our initial ideas is, you know, the, the weekly Dave's mom joke of the week, you know, that one's, uh, that one's no still one an alpha, that. but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> no one wants <laughs> that. That, that one may be an off my off poor camera. mother might have to be an off camera adventure but yeah it's it's little segments like that that we want to have a rapport with you guys and to continue to talk about um as dan said we can even venture outside of tv and video games and all that and even do a little bit of sports and speaking of sports i hate that the bears won today I'm You're gonna, mad. Not my favorite one. See, kid, this this is something that we can discuss right now if we want to. <laughs> I'm heated over this. This would be a right, the wrong, and the main. I am segment. absolutely heated over that take, man. Why? I hate it. I if you if you idea. are infested with a bad coach and owner, you want them out. You don't want to have reasons to keep them in. You play you play the game every week to win. You do not lace up the cleats and put on the pads to lose a game. And if that's the way that people are treating it, they don't a that that is that is grounds for firing anybody. You should never throw a game. That's just like a slap. I'm not saying they should throw games. I'm just saying I'm upset that they won. I I think that's they should trade away all the non great players and lose all the games so that we can get better players. That is just the most ridiculous. Let's keep thing. around a Rob. 
Let's, I like Mooney. He's cheap, too. Mooney's good, yeah. He's on a rookie contract. Cole Komet needs to pick it up. He fumbles a lot. Yeah. I love Khalil, but, like, but he has not been producing. Tight end fumble. How do you fumble as a tight end? I don't know. I'll tell that Notre Dame tight end that he needs to stop fumbling. I know. It's tough one, man. Either way, just just me throwing it out there. I think that is just well. Oh, let's let let's let's discuss it for a bit. If you have a owner who has made mistake after mistake, an owner who didn't even give one interview to a national championship winner quarterback, which is the most essential position on a football team. Hey, I'm not saying I'm not saying the guy's right. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to lose his job, but trying like throw the idea of like throwing games or like just losing on purpose or wanting your team to lose. The idea of tanking, I think, is what you're looking for. I, I don't like any of it. I, I really don't. I think it I think it's a slap in the face to the players that are like still trying to make, you know, their name and like prove themselves as being like, you know, worthy of playing in the game. You know what I mean? Like I think I think wanting a team to get rolled just so you can get a higher draft pick is like kind of shitty. Well, well, tell that to a good majority of owners and executives in yeah, every not, major yeah. sports I'm, league. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not prevalent. I'm just saying I think it's I think it's annoying. I think what I think the purpose best. of the game. So I've been watching Thanks a lot. <laughs> I've been watching a lot done. of Premier League with my aunt, and I think they have a really good, I, not idea. It's something they've done for a long time. Is relegation? You guys know about this? Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know about it. About the NBA football. was looking to maybe explore something. That would be yeah. awesome. I really think it would. So, Can Dave, you, you said you, so. Yeah, relegation is basically. So right now, you know the soccer club Arsenal. You yes. ever heard of them? So they've been yes. performing really bad, and basically, if you have a, I don't know if it's a bad single season or a few seasons, but basically they take you out of the Premier League and put you down. Uh- Yes, I do. I do know what you're talking about. So if like the NBA started doing that, it would actually give, you know, their coaches, owners, players a little more chutzpah to perform. Right. What does that do? I would. Yeah, I would love to do research on how that would affect like small market teams, because like, again, if you're a small market team, odds are you're probably going to be worse than a large market team or a big market team overall and like if you get if you constantly get dumped into lower tiers i wonder how that affects like ticket prices and you know audience well, participation i think and, like, eventually there's you know want. you can't go any lower at some point yeah but i think uh, I, think I think there's also the issue i think um, there because... is benefits in place though for those bottom teams to kind of get top tier players i know that like teams can borrow it's, it sounds weird but they can almost borrow players from bigger clubs to play for them in the offseason to make them a little better. So there's right. there's ways to tweak with it, but I think it's an awesome idea. This, the NBA yeah, like, is just it? not great right now, if you ask me. I, yeah, I think the problem with that and the NBA in general, um, and I know this is kind of a tangent, but is that the owners and the players um, vote on everything. Mm. And neither the owners nor the players would ever vote for this because it would just take money out of each of their pockets. Um, because you would have to vote to either make the G League the relegation league, and then you'd probably have to do something with an expansion draft and disperse the talent that's currently in the league to other teams so that everybody's on more of an equal playing field. It would be a lot of work to just implement 
relegation and it, it would it would be a definitely a multi-year project yeah and it's, it'd be cool if a startup league like if the xfl when it comes back yeah something like that that's what i was just gonna say is the nfl doesn't really can't do it right now there is no minor league for nfl but the mlb could even explore it because i mean they got their minor teams i don't know i think it's an idea that i think a larger that's voice has been yeah relegation is really cool in idea and I think it's the problem with executing it in American sports. And a, a, right. Yeah, and a sport that was established yeah. after the relegation, like without a relegation in mind, is tough well, to implement. I, yeah, I, just, I think the infrastructure probably just isn't there for it because it seems like, again, like with Premier League, like there's there's teams that are very much like as small market teams of M, like NBA and NFL exist. I think the the market sizes in football, like European football, are so much more like diverse in terms of their like their towns and like the teams that they affiliate with. Yeah. I don't know if that would be, if the infrastructure is kind of there in American sports to do that. Yeah. Let's think about uh, it. Like NFL, not many other countries have a national football league, you know, Except, but then in, you know, European football, multiple countries have football leagues and minor leagues and all that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it would definitely be. Well, yeah, I think that's the main issue is that for every sport except soccer, the best players are almost are always already in America. Whereas with like, you know, Premier League, like Leicester City may not have the best players, but maybe they've got a solid team, whereas Chelsea may have some of the best players. And then it's it's just talent dispersal mm-hmm. is so much different. Mm hmm. Well, so, and there is really no talent dispersal in, in the NBA right now. Cause... Uh, yeah, big market teams get stars, and then you have to be really lucky and draft yeah. a Giannis or a Steph. Man, the Warriors if being horrible breaks team. my heart. <sighs> Don't worry, they're playing the Bulls. So oh, they're going to be you. Probably be a close game. God, I hope not. I hope Steph just rolls over him. <laughs> How do you feel about Patrick Williams, Dan? That's just not. You know, oh, you don't be, feel good at all. Be a whole topic for a show. <laughs> okay, that's and that's. It's not even that I don't feel good. I think he's going to be a solid young role player for a year or two, and maybe. But as it's there just was not just, what we need. There was more people on the board that I would have preferred. Yeah, that 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 is going to be one of my future segments, depending on how his rookie year. Yeah. Progresses. Definitely. He's talking about. Um, how much the Bulls fumbled that draft. Chicago ownership has a really bad streak right now. Yeah, they, they kill it. <laughs> yeah, literally, they job. kill it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a tough one for sure. You just hate to see it. it. You know, it is what it is at this point. We're kind of used to it as <laughs> Chicago sports fans. As Chicago fans, yeah. We, we're used to one or two teams having two to you know, Blackhawks had a good five-year run. But the bright um, spot in Illinois right now, Dan, I think you know the answer. Oh, yeah. I don't like college basketball. Oh, electric. I. I mean, are we the best three-loss team in the country? Well, we, I think we are. But I think it's also, like, looking back on those losses, I was, like, super bummed. Like, oh, my God, we suck. We don't. We played really good teams. We lost by not much. And honestly, it, I, I know this is a classic excuse, but the refs have been god-awful. 
in the Rutgers and, and oh, what was the other game? Mizzou. They were terrible. Oh my! It was atrocious. Uh, the, the Baylor game waxed off the floor. Yeah, that was tough. Baylor, their guard, their yeah. front court is really good, or their backcourt. Oh yeah, yeah, the backcourt is is really solid. But that uh, that the Mizzou game, we just the refs would not let us get in a like in a roll in a stride. We kept getting call after yeah, they kept was, getting call after call. Really, that game was just like weird, and from like the start to the finish, <laughs> it was not fun to watch. But I think Io is going to be. I think he's actually going to be pretty good in the NBA. I think a team's going to pick him, develop his shot. Man, if that guy gets like a solid three-point jump shot, he's going to be one of the best players in the league. But that is just my humble opinion. Yeah, sorry, I got uh, I got cut out of the conversation again. Um, my Discord's been acting up. So all I said was basically that I just no. said, said that Io is going to be if he develops a jump shot in the NBA, he's going to be one of the best rookies or future players. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where he'll go in the draft. Bulls, baby. I don't think we need another. <laughs> as sad as I am to say it. No, we do not. We do not. Unless we trade away some of our guards for Io. Levine for Io's pick straight up. I would I would take that to be honest. I don't I don't know if I could. Levine's good. I, I know you have your qualms with Levine. But I think if we put a star next to him, I think he'd be a really good second man. Yeah. Maybe. Too bad our market is just not attractive to any say, superstars. Too bad we've never attracted a free agent in the history of Almost had LeBron. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> that would have been we cool. Didn't. Almost had LeBron and Chris. Bosch. Do you think LeBron had Young the Day like? Rose. Do you think LeBron had the, like the? I don't want to compete with Michael Jordan's image. No, I think it was more he could go with Bosch and hang out with his best friend Wade in South Beach. I thought we almost got Wade in that same free agency. No, we almost got Bosch and LeBron. Ah, uh, okay. But then Pat Riley was like, hey, I can clear enough space for all three of you if you take a minor pay cut. Mm. Sure. And then they lost to the Mavericks. So who's your opinion on who started this whole super team thing? Because I know it's a hot debate. You know, it's tough to say. You could say it was the Celtics in 08. Um, But you could also say that, I mean, those three players didn't choose... To play, they Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen were both traded. Yeah, and I do not and agree. Paul Pierce was still under contract. I do want to say really quick that the Warriors pre KD was not a super team because no, that was just really good draft. They drafted everyone, but I hate that they make that argument. Yeah, it's not a super team if you're organization is really good at drafting outside of the top five. But then once KD so got what, there, yeah, that was a super team. So what dictates okay. a super team then for you guys? Just the, the idea of spending superstars agreeing to go to one place. Players? So like, you can't, you can't credit that to just like good, good, like good. Yeah, I don't know. Like you could probably make the argument any way you put it, that like, so make what? I mean, well, you I'm saying, like, case you like, case, oh, you can't do, you can't be a super team if you trade well. But like, can you not? You you can be a. Super I don't team agree that there is a trading well, well anymore. Yeah, because it's 
not that this is a bad thing, but you know, players' voices being heard is a lot more prevalent now than it was in the '90s and '80s. You know, well, in the yeah, early that's... 2000s. Yeah, sure. player empowerment is a huge evolution of the league. I'd say honestly, if you ask me, if if I don't know somebody a player in the 90s was like i want out i don't think they would trade him away i think they just keep him oh you well, can I mean, go back and look, look, at, look at, at a ton of different situations where they don't do that like yeah. a team allows you on was unhappy for the majority of the late 80s early 90s and was like trade me and they just kept saying no and then they ended up winning back-to-back final and yeah. see then there comes in so. the argument of this whole team loyalty thing that organization's not having that anymore. Right. And it's definitely taking a dip. I mean, LeBron leaving the Cavs was kind of the last real gasp of you thought maybe he'll stay and maybe he'll try and bring a championship to Cleveland. And then he left. And yeah. I mean, Steph Curry is probably going to be a warrior for life, but who knows? I hope so. I love Steph. Like, I thought Kawhi was going to be a spur for life, and now he's on his second team, and he might leave the Clippers after this year. Is Clay going to retire? I hope not. I love Clay. He's my favorite NBA player right now. Yeah. I do love him. Um, I don't know. They said he's going to make a full full return from his Achilles, so he's just going to have to hopefully rehab it and hope that nothing goes wrong, I guess. We are also talking to a turned Lakers fan over here, Dan, so... Oh my God! I'm not in any stretch. That of is not what you have told fan. me, dude. Hey, I you're a Dodger I fan live, now too. I live in Los Angeles. I own a Dodger hat. I've been to a Dodger game. Oh before. my God! I, I knew it. I haven't even gone to a Laker game. But again, it's tight when the city is happy that the Lakers win. So therefore. I am not mad if the Lakers. Do it's win. called team loyalty, Dave. We just talked about it. I don't even have an NBA team. I don't even watch the Bulls, guys. Because <laughs> like, they I don't suck. Have an NBA team. To be fair, no one should watch the Bulls. <laughs> I don't watch NBA at all. I don't even have an NFL team, dude. I like I like the Cardinals. I like that's my that's my professional sports team. Notice how he doesn't change his teams. favorite college after he moves out there, but he changes everything else. I'm a no, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm a Cardinal fan. That's it. But I will again, I will root for the Lakers if they're in the playoffs because again, LA is tight when teams win championships. So yeah, like even when the Dodgers won, I was like, okay, whatever. Like the Cardinals aren't in it. Like so what? The Dodgers can win. I'm, it makes my life kind of better. You know, whatever. Whatever. Rooting for Tampa Bay. I was not, unfortunately. But I wasn't really rooting for anybody. Again, like it's nice when they win, and like I'll I'll go with the punches, and I can claim to be a fan by association. You know. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I do want to go. I want to go to a Laker Clipper game so bad, though. That just sounds like a lot of fun. I think that would be very intense. Yes. Uh, you better you better hope they start letting fans in after during 2021 uh, or else Kawhi is probably not going to be I know it's not going to be as tight after that. Clippers no, are going to it's going to be, be pandemic P getting his butt kicked by LeBron and Anthony <laughs> Davis. Well, he'll just get out at that point you think, right? He signed the big uh 5-year extension with him. They'll trade him because then he'll be like I don't want to play for well, this team yeah, anymore. They, I mean that contract's going to look real ugly in like two years if he can't produce in the playoffs. He's been bad. He's been real bad. 
Yeah, sports are. Uh, we were telling the people that we like sports. I, I know. I was literally that. just thinking. I was like, oh, this sports was not on the docket. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's what this podcast is, baby. A lot of tangents. You get what to you be expected get. on this podcast. We do like, have like, a structure, but it also is set up that we can have a lot of tangents. It's so loose. it's yeah. a loose structure. It's subject to change too. Nothing is set in stone for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Well, is there any other little subjects we want to touch on? Well, we didn't talk about news. We wanted to kind of go through a little bit of a news segment. Yeah, let's, but... let's, let's say we can end on news. We got about we can have a 10-minute segment on news real quick yeah, if you guys want. For me. Let's yeah, do let's it. do it. So, um... You got to do it in a old-style radio news announcer guy voice, though. I'll let you handle that, then. I don't. I don't. You. You're doing the news, though. We'll. We'll do. The, I'm not we'll doing. Do the, I was about. To, I was literally just about to say. I've picked the segments. So I was going to let you guys trans, choose. I'll do the transatlantic radio guy at another point. I'll head. I'll head news next time. I'll find. I'll find a voice that filter can, for that. That can be when you host the podcast. right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the whole thing in that voice. That's 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 the bet. Well, and then, another news. <laughs> well, like your podcast is on today, and here's what we're going to review. I'm going to mute you five seconds into this podcast. (laughs) Go for it. Um, I was going to let you guys choose what you want to talk about with news. I know we talked about a few things before we went live here, but is there any subject that really you want to bring to the light? I mean, personally for me, the biggest thing we talked about was the announcement of Mass Effect, the new game. Um, we don't have a release date. We don't have any details on who's going to be in it. Just that they're working any, on it. Right, just that they're working on it. Um, I personally played all four of the other Mass Effect games. I love the first three. It's very similar to the Indiana Jones movies. First three are great. First one is not great. <laughs> Andromeda was butt, man. I'm sorry. It wasn't butt. It was it was just not up to standard. It didn't feel like it was ready for release yet. Um, so this news has me hesitant. Yeah. Cautiously not even optimistic or pessimistic, just optimistic. I'm still excited for it. Because on one hand, I love Mass Effect, I love space faring video games. I love exploring other worlds. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. What I think on Mass the Effect, other hand, you go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah. On the other hand, Bioware, who is the company that makes Mass Effect has changed so much mm-hmm. since the original three games came out. The creative director's gone. They basically gutted the whole development team to put them in other studios or they just got fired. Um, so it's, it, even if it comes out as perfectly as they want it, it might not feel like a Mass Effect game. So, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, how I feel. and I was going to say, I hope, hope that they learn from what just happened to CD Projekt Red and in terms of yeah. waiting till your game is done to release it. Not that Cyberpunk well, isn't done. I'm just saying... You got to clean it up a little bit. I'm, I am so. I mean, let it cook. If it needs yeah, to cook, would, it's got to cook. You know. I would personally love to know how their their timeline looked. Because again, I know they kept extending deadlines because the game wasn't finished. The game wasn't finished, so they kept pushing it and pushing it. I would love to know if like if if they were assuming that next gen consoles would be more prevalent yes. right now than they were. Because again, I like, absolutely do. I, 
I think they expected or had the assumption that like everybody was going to have a, a new console. And so they weren't going to worry about old gen consoles. And now that again, due to COVID and due to supply, whatever issues with new consoles that no one has one. <laughs> and so everyone was like, damn, I want to play this on the PS4. And they were like, Oh, about that. That's where all the complaints That's are coming right. from about the game. I from... know. I don't get why, again, I, they should have just delayed it again. And been like, we were assuming everyone was going to have a new console. So or just not like, release it well, on old consoles. Right. Yeah. I think their main issue, because I mean, the largest player base would be on old consoles. Cause that's right. how many old, like, even if they released it in the middle of next year, their largest player base would still own the majority would own a PS4 and Xbox one. I mean, that kind of touches on something else was all the bugs was in the news the last week or two. And it's, it's, I mean, they announced the game gold, which is when a game is pressed onto the discs or I don't know what they do with it digitally. It's probably just ready to ship basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then they delayed it another 20 or 30 days, and there was a bunch of outcry for that. And honestly, it probably needed another three to six months. Yep. Um, I don't agree. It probably with shouldn't the, have been released until Q1 of next year. I don't yeah, agree like with March. the notion that it's not a finished game, because I think it is, but I think it needs a little bit of housekeeping, you know? Well, I, well again, that I don't... Of, hmm. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. You, and that, you I, was, I mean, that kind of touches on problems that we're just seeing in the video game industry. That's what I was going to say. Which is games releasing unfinished or unpolished, and you're just counting on patches. Is that a finished game is the question. Software updates, yeah. And it's like, like we saw the same thing with Call of Duty Cold War. You know, basically the first month or two of the game being out, and there's a bunch of stuff that's broken, and they don't have all the content released. And they're saying, oh, it's coming and it's free. But it's like, why isn't it here when the game ships? That's when it should be. Well, here's a thought, though. Again, I, I think that's a problem, too. For sure. I was I was literally going to bring up the fact that, like, why are new games that are so popular not finished when they get released and stuff? But it's like because I think that's idiotic, right? Like, it sounds stupid yeah. on paper. But if you look at it, like PUBG was one of the most popular games in the world for like six to eight months or whatever. And that game was broken from the beginning. By no means finished. Broken, but no one seemed to care, right? Like no, no player or consumer seemed to give a crap about it. And like everybody bought that game. Well, I here's, bought, right? and here's I, the I PUBG difference. And what I was going to say is like, I think developers probably saw that as like a trend to where like, oh, we can get our content out sooner because clearly the player base doesn't care if the game is like half finished. My point is, I think that's unrelated because what made PUBG good and that reason it was okay was a little broken was because of the new mechanic. I think if PUBG was just another first person shooter, no one would play it. Maybe. Yeah. I think the idea that it was the only type of game on the market that did what it did. I mean, until Fortnite came along, but even Fortnite took a few months before it really picked up the same popularity and and it wasn't even supposed to be a battle royale game. But I think that's the problem. A game like cyberpunk, you know, it may not have like a market equal, like something in the video game market now that's a competitor, but it also is a single player game that nobody needs to buy right now because it's not like all your friends are going to be online and you're playing with them. Right. You know, like I could wait and buy a single player game in a year and still have the same amount of fun as I did if it, if I bought it the day it came out. 
Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the difference. I mean, and I guess and Call of still, Duty, you could make the same argument. Million for copies. Even after refunds, I think they sold 13 million copies of Cyberpunk. Well, yeah, because, you know, hype drives game sales these days. Yeah, I do. Th- I really do think Cyberpunk will be an amazing game someday because of the aspect that they can go with multiplayer, kind of like GTA. And I really, I think, like, on computers like mine and David's and my buddy GT's and Jake's, um, all of, yeah, like, it runs, it's it going to run fine. fine. Computer. Yeah, yeah, it's going to run fine for us. PC too. It's going to run on mine. Yeah. yeah, we're going to see, like, the occasional, like, you know, the character doing a T-pose, glitch, whatever. That doesn't take me out of it. I think it's still going to be a fantastic game. And it's just... And it those, those were... That happened even during, like, you know, that, that's that been happening on GTA, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can get some crazy... GTA games. 5 was kind of trash at release. Yeah. Not trash. But it was GTA, so it had yeah. the reputation and the hype. Right. I mean, GTA, until Red Dead 2 came out, was the best-selling video game of all time. Mm-hmm. God, and Red, Red Dead, Dead 2, was... 2 came out oh. had the best opening weekend of video game sales of any entertainment including right. movies at the box office ever that's crazy <laughs> and well, look how they fumbled that online ecosystem this, this goes along with news is that video games have officially surpassed movies and TV for money making both mm-hmm. and sports it's a three thing it's crazy yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah you look at, at at what something like Red Dead can do or even the Destiny release and Watch Dogs, those first games. I mean, h- hype in the video game world is so much more important, I think, than anywhere else. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because if you like a lot of people buy games digitally, there's no refunds for digital buys. It's 60 bucks at minimum, you know, for a game. And I mean, if you get 10 million people at 60 bucks a pop that's you know basic math 60 million of revenue good math Dan. and then if you do what red dead did which is 752 million in a weekend i don't know what that is divided by 60 but i mean the yeah hype hype is all what video games are sold on now you don't even have to see it to play it you can't do that math real quick come on no, I can't. <laughs> Seven fifty-two divided by sixty. I don't know. I think it's like something. It's twelve-ish. Twelve million-ish. Twelve-ish. So yeah, twelve million people bought the game in the opening weekend, and it it made the most of any opening weekend entertainment product ever. So yeah, seven. Yeah, I read and then it probably sold more than that the following weekend and at the Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, so. Red Red Dead Two sold seventeen over seventeen million copies shipped in the first two weeks. Yeah, made seven hundred twenty-five million dollars in revenue in three days. Right, that's crazy. Like Marvel movies sometimes struggle to break seven hundred twenty-five million in a six-week theatrical run. Yeah, and how many millions of people go see those? That's true. I would yeah. love to know the so, budget. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to know how much money they spent on these games to see, like, again, what their profit line and, like, their margins look like. That's true. I yeah. bet the oh, I bet I the Red Dead 2 was... Because, again, they have, they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of designers on these, you know, different animators, right. 3D artists, that kind of stuff, like, all working tirelessly for, you know, years to make these games. Right. And, and Rockstar is a big studio, too. Yeah, I just really wonder what their budget is for that. I wonder if I could look that up. Yeah, I mean, I bet their marketing budget alone is... High, right. like hundred of million high. 
So, but yeah, I mean, it all circles back to, and I guess, I mean, the point is like, if, if does it matter if the video game releases unfinished? I mean, in five years, are people going to be like, remember when Cyberpunk was broke? <laughs> you know, yeah, five yeah. years ago, Batman Arkham City. No, not City. Batman Arkham. The last. Uh, what was the last one that released? I played it. Arkham Knight. Arkham or no. oh, um, Origins or something. Whatever the last Batman game from Rocksteady released, and it was completely broken on PC and still is. Like mm. you can still go and they give out refunds to people who bought it. But like, I mean, five years from like you're not nobody's talking about that anymore. Yeah. People are just talking about what a great game trilogy, right? The Batman games are. The cyberpunk or stuff like, will definitely wash away eventually. It's going to blow over as people start to transition to the new consoles and more people are buying PCs. They'll get over it. And then it'll just be, was it actually worth the hype? I mean, because people have been waiting for this game for yeah since 2012. So I think... first released a trailer for it. I think we definitely have a full episode talking about game releases and even cyberpunk. So, oh yeah, I mean good, the, sure. the upcoming games of 2021 is going to be such a fun thing to talk. Yeah, about. and so I do just want to say to the people that's that was kind of a taste of how a segment's going to go for us. Um, usually, news will probably be more towards the beginning of the podcast, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of what we want to talk about for that particular episode. And just to kind of rehash, like we said before, we want we want to hear from you guys what we you know what we want to discuss or. What you want us to discuss. There we go. English. Uh, we want to have feedback and a rapport with you guys about what we talk about. And so just as our little last segment, we want to do a drink of the week. We're going to be doing this every week. We're all going to be picking our favorite beverage. It does not have to be alcoholic, but we'll probably stay on Some that weeks. side of it. <laughs> Some weeks. Some um, weeks it would be sure. water. So I know Dan's drink of the week is ready. So you want to kick us off, Dan? Yeah, I am enjoying a fantastic glass of Diet Coke. <laughs> which, this is not a paid promotion, but Diet Coke, if you would like to sponsor me. We will take us, it. I'll take it. I drink a ton of your product. Every I like day. vanilla Coke. <clears throat> Just a little sidebar. I mean, yeah, any types of cup, you know, but diet is my personal favorite. And That's when I need a caffeine boost or just something that is not water to sip on, I'm I'm charged up with a diet Coke. So that's my <laughs> Dave, you got yours ready? Yeah, I, uh, I had a really good uh, whiskey cocktail for Christmas. It was mm. a cinnamon maple whiskey sour. Super, Ooh. super good. It's very simple to make. It's like four ingredients. It's obviously any type of bourbon whiskey that you got uh, a little bit of like a dash of cinnamon, a dash of lemon juice, a couple tablespoons of maple syrup and shake that boy together. And you got one hell of a nice Christmas warm cocktail. I was drinking them on Christmas day. Like there was no tomorrow. Uh, it was very, very delicious. Highly recommend giving it a shot. If you don't like sounds amazing because it's harsh. This is a really good way to kind of like mellow out the whiskey and not make it so hard on it. And then it obviously the lemon and the cinnamon and the maple syrup kind of adds a little bit of sweetness to it. Super, super good. Highly recommend checking it out. That sounds pretty fantastic, actually. And then get fancy. Yeah, get fancy with it. Add a cinnamon stick in there if you got Ooh. it. Something, you know, just make it look pretty. Little flavor. Grammy. 
I like that. Good time. All right, uh, my drink of the week um, is these little wine spritzer things called Rosé All Day. Yeah, a little on the girly side, but man, it's a can probably like the size of, I'd say like a hand, and like the width of two fingers put together. I know that's a really vague description, but that's what they, how big the can is. And it's like 12 and a half alcohol content. Is that what you say? I don't know how to describe it. You know, like, like alcohol, a, yeah, alcohol by volume. Yeah. 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 It's 12 and a half in that tiny little can and it tastes like wine. It's awesome. So there's my plug Rose all day. If you want to sponsor and send me a, a year's worth, that'd be great. And then here's our safety plug. Please drink responsibly. Yeah. Drink some water with that. Um, definitely. I'd say one cup of water per Rose cause, uh, they'll, they'll bite you. Yeah. Don't overdo it on the diet Coke. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> it can, it, can, it it's a sneaky little buzz, but it'll get you. It'll get you nice and wired if you're not if you're not careful. Ah, uh, that was that was great, Daniel. So yeah, guys, that was that was the Kitcast. That was our first episode. Um, I really hope you guys you enjoyed. Like Again, I am. I was your host this week. We will be rotating hosts almost every week, coming up with some unique intros and you know trying to get a little a little fun out of it. So again, I'm Austin Swanson. We got David Shadid over there. And we got Dan McMurray over there. And we hope you all really enjoyed. Again, we're going to be creating some socials, possibly making a move to YouTube and doing some funny videos there eventually. And we want to hear from you guys. We're going to be using Twitter polls a lot, I know. That's going to be the easiest way for us to have kind of your votes and how to, you know, have them integrated into our show. So we hope you guys really enjoyed, and we hope to see you in the next one. Peace and blessings. Hell yeah. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>